0: Simply put, we were meant, we were designed to be in an ongoing relationship and conversation with the God of the universe. This is how we were designed from the beginning. Being a people who speak to God and are spoken to. It's where Adam and Eve began before sin entered into the world. Unfettered relationship, the ability to communicate and talk with and receive from and walk with. God in relationship. It becomes clear and powerful as Jesus comes on the scene to reveal the heart of the Father in Matthew chapter 4 he makes this statement that's so powerful he says man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He's saying life comes from God's voice. Life comes from his word, his voice. He is speaking. And not only that, but Jesus actually modeled for us being one who needed to hear the voice of the Father in his life. John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing Of his own accord. But only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. This is Jesus' own words communicating how he was going to live in this life. I cannot do anything on my own, but only what I hear my father speaking to me. Everything Jesus did, hear this, was obedience from the instruction from the Father. Say that again. Everything Jesus did was in perfect union and obedience to what his Father was saying to him. He didn't go to a place without his Father's direction. He didn't say a word unless his Father was asking him to speak it. John chapter five, verse 30 says, "I can do nothing on my own." What an amazing statement of humility. This is eternally God, Son of God, who is the one who breathed creation out, has humbled himself. In such a way as to say, I can do nothing on my own. You understand the power of what Jesus is doing. We talk often about Jesus came fully God, but fully man lived a life and came And I don't know that we fully understood the power of Jesus emptying himself of his divinity, turning his hands up and living only by the word of the father over his life giving to you and me an example of exactly what it means to be a free son or daughter walking with the Father. That's who Jesus was. It's what he did. As I hear, verse 30, as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Do you hear the words here? The surrender of the heart of the Son of God to the Father, needing him for life, every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. This is how Jesus lived his life. This is the picture of what pure and beautiful freedom is. Every decision and judgment that Jesus made was listening to his Father. And yet Jesus says something so unbelievably astounding to all of us that would be his followers. In John chapter 16, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come which is to say that the Holy Spirit who is here now that we invited to come and if you're a follower of Jesus has made his home inside of you, he's got the words of the Father and he's ready to impart them on a minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year basis. He doesn't say anything except for exactly what the Father is saying because he is of the Father. And of the Son. I love that the Holy Spirit, by the way, is called all of the things. He's called the Spirit of Jesus. He is the Spirit of the Father. He is the Holy Spirit, help for helper, comforter. He's all these things. It's an unbelievable description of who God is. And we get access to him. And Jesus is saying, Hey, there's still more to come that I want to speak to you, my Holy Spirit. The Spirit in my Father and I is coming to you. And He's going to speak in accordance. He is here to communicate. Let me say it again. The Spirit of God is here to communicate the heart of the Father. It's why he's here. Isaiah 30, verse 21, we get this picture of God covering his people. And he says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, Man, I don't know about you guys, but how many of you would just love some extra direction in your life, like where you're going, right? How many of you would just like, I don't know if I'm supposed to go left or right, but I sure would know. want to know what does God want? And what the scripture is going to say over and over again is he's ready to share his heart and to speak to us. That's what we were designed for from the beginning. By the way, it was lost when Adam and Eve, that unfettered relationship was lost when Adam and Eve chose to sin. Sin entered into the equation. Every one of us were born into a world, a life of sin in need of God. And it is what Jesus restored on the cross. When Jesus went to the cross, what does the scripture say in Matthew chapter 27? The veil was torn. What does the picture of the veil being torn mean? What used to be distance, where we did not have access to the Father. Jesus came, gave his life into the grave, out victoriously. The veil is torn so that you and I can be restored back to full, whole relationship with the Father. Access to him, hearing his voice and his heart, communication with him. So that part of what it actually means to be free... Part of what it means to walk in freedom is to have fresh, free-flowing communication with God that Christ purchased for us on the cross. It was purchased for us, fresh access. Revelation chapter 3, the glorified Son of God says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, let me say it again. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. How cool is that? How cool is that? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is an unbelievable picture. What an incredible God. This isn't the God who lives off in a distance somewhere, waving his arms, hoping you figure it out. This is the father who comes and who knocks on the door. He's knocking on the door and says, If anyone hears my voice, hears me saying I want in, I want access. I want to speak. I want to bring life to you. If you'll just open the door, I'm going to come in and I love that he says, eat with him because there's nothing more like family than that. Come on in. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to eat with you. I mean, there's a feast coming one day, right? When we see Jesus face to face. But church, this life is the shadow, the Precursor to that. If when you're in Christ now, that's the foreshadowing taste of what is to come. He wants that now. What he's saying is, I want intimacy with you. I don't, I'm not looking for you to do the Bible study so you know all the cool things about me. I am knocking at the door and want to talk to you. I have things to say to you. You have worth and value. You're covered in the robes of righteousness in my son. You're a co-heir with. Christ, come, hear from me. That's who our father is. And so he's initiating. Here in this picture, we see God initiating the conversation. He's not the one waiting for you, tapping his foot. Get your prayer life right so we can somehow talk. He's the one that's coming to initiate right now. Here in this moment, on a Sunday morning, on a Tuesday afternoon, he's ready to speak. And when he speaks, it's different because it changes things. It brings peace out of chaos. Psalm 85 8, let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints but let them not turn back to folly. Our ability to walk in true freedom hinges on a heart that is hungry to hear the voice of the Lord. Let us hear his voice. What would God the Lord say to us? Because the fool is going back to a way of not listening, turning back to folly. Hearing God's voice is vital to our freedom in Christ. Hearing God's voice, listening to him, walking with him is vital. Why? And we've talked about it before because John chapter 10, he speaks to us. To him, the gatekeeper opens the sheep, hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. By the way, very cool. Calls you by name. It's the kind of intimacy he's looking for. Calls you by name, leads them out. When he was brought out all of his own, he goes before, Oh, sorry, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice A stranger they will not follow, but they flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So communication is the key, the piece of what it means to be able to walk fully and holy and free in Christ, being able to know when God is speaking to our hearts When he's imparting his wisdom, when he's giving us his direction, when he's leading us to uh, work on changing our character, when he's lovingly bringing discipline over our lives, whatever it is that he's doing, whatever it is that God wants to lead, wherever God is, is taking us. It's critical that we have ears that are inclined to him, that part of our inclining our ear to God is it more clearly helps us mark out what the voice of the enemy is. Because let's be honest, there are voices going on all the time in the world around you, constant, constant images. I think they say like the average person sees 10,000 commercial images in a day, 10,000. The voices that are going on are prevalent. There are voices going on all the time. And you have the same question that I have. How do I know it's God's voice or the enemy's voice or my voice, right? These are where the voices are coming from. How do I know this is the voice of the heart of God or this is the voice of the enemy? Or how do I know it's my voice? Because Jesus is saying here, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. When they hear the voice of the stranger, they flee from that. This is the invitation of connection with the God of the universe. And so we're gonna turn our heart to ask the question, okay, God, why do you speak? Why are you speaking to me? You have this place of intimacy. So what are the reasons why which you would share your heart with me? And I wanna just go through, we are not. We won't get the comprehensive list, but I wanna go through some of these in order for us to begin to anchor our lives in this truth. Number one, listen, God speaks to accomplish his purposes in us. I speak, so meaning this, God has things that he wants to do in you, and God has things that he wants to do through you. I'll say it again, God has things he wants to do in you, and things that he wants to do through you. And every time the voice of the Lord is coming forward, what is he? He's calling people to himself for his glory and his beautiful purposes. And by the way, anytime it's for God's glory, it's for your deepest, everlasting joy. Our deepest joy is when God is glorified to the max. And so he's doing things in us and he's doing things through us. Number two, God's voice is always developing deeper faith in us. Romans chapter 10. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. He has beautiful, powerful words to say. He wants to strengthen faith by being in the word where the spirit of God comes to make it alive to us. There's this unbelievable partnership that we see. So faith is strengthened in us as we hear the heart of the voice of the Lord. The stranger's voice wreaks havoc the voice of the Father or the voice of God is building up life. And it's, I think, unfortunate that what often feels like the most normal or even comfortable voice can often is coming from the enemy to try to bring destruction. And the Lord's saying, incline your ear to my voice. Listen to me and know me because I have life for you, faith for you. Hearing God's voice confirms we belong to him. Now listen, this is beautiful and so, so important on the hard days, on the tough days, on on those challenging days, on the uphill climb. John chapter eight, verse 47, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear him is that you are not of God. So here's what he's saying. If you're of God, you get to hear the words of God. To turn your heart away is to say, I don't know, God. To be like, I don't I don't need God's voice or don't I hear him is to say, I don't want to be connected or a part of him. And so you hear the voice of the Lord saying, I am in a real relationship with you, communicating my heart with you, and I want to release my truth over you. The truth is if we believe that we cannot hear God's voice or don't hear from him, then what happens is we will believe that we don't belong to him. Say that again. If we believe that we can't hear and don't hear God's voice, then it opens the door for us to believe that we do not belong to him. You have the God of the universe ready for you to belong to him. And he's accomplished that in his son. And so he's so faithful in pulling our hearts nearer to him, to speak to him, to speak to us and for us to be able to speak to him, an open, thriving relationship where the Lord God speaks to us. And so here's what I'm just gonna take a few minutes to just go over some of the ways that God speaks to us. So that we can begin to like turn our hearts to so like, God, what does it look like for you to speak to me, to listen to your voice, to turn my heart to you, and to be open to what you have to say? And this, again, won't be a comprehensive list. I'm just laying a foundation. And then, again, if you have any questions, write them down. And then we're going to ask you to send them to us so we can just get into the very, in two weeks, we're going to get into the very nitty-gritty the real practical of listening to the real-time voice of God in our life. Number one, listen, the scriptures. If you wanna know the voice of God, it begins and ends with the Bible, period, all right? The written word of God is primary and central to knowing God's voice. If you wanna know what God says, what he sounds like, what his decrees are, where he's leading you, what his heart is like, what his character is. If you want to know all of those things, the scripture is the place to have that. 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17. If you got to be in church for any amount of time you got to hear this scripture all scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction for training in righteousness that the man woman of God may be complete equipped for every good work the bible the very thing you have in your hands is the central piece the final the, the definitive place of hearing the heart of God, knowing his voice. If you ever go like, I don't know if this is God's voice. I don't know. The Bible is the place. The scripture is the place. We come to, to know what he is like, what he sounds like. And listen, The way I, one of the ways, I think I'd put it this way. 90% of what you need to hear is already there. In the scripture. The other 10%, some specific ways or some specific places or details or directives that you might need in personal uh, as you are walking through life, but 90% of everything that you need to hear right now is already there in the scripture, meaning you and I can't know the directives of God without knowing his word. Knowing the scripture is the beginning place for hearing the voice of the Lord. It's what defines what God's voice sounds like for us. So we know it. So we put our heart into it. How else then does God speak to us? How does he share with us? Number two, godly leaders and trusted companions. Here's what we get to see from scripture is that God's using his men and women to share his heart with us. Meaning if the Holy Spirit is here and present in you and here in me, then we get to carry his heart and godly leaders get to share his heart with each other. So we get to hear from God, through trusted, godly people that we come into a relationship in life with. It becomes incredibly important. Let me say this. Uh, I've been in the church my whole life, all right? I was born, came out, I'm in. Jesus, godly family, thankful for that. One of the most profound things that I have experienced are watching godly men and women in their lives and learning who God is by being in biblical, meaningful relationship with each other. And I've had some brothers that have had to sit me down and say, hey, Keith, you're acting like a crazy person and you need Jesus, is what they said. Or, hey, hey, this is a way to do life, but it's probably not the best way. And I'm going to bring some correction to you. And I'm so grateful for that experience. I can actually point to a number of conversations where I thought I had some things pretty well figured out and had some brothers. I remember one of our elders, I was like, you know, I'd been on staff for like a year and and he just was a godly man. He wore boots and just like rough and tumble guy and just kind of like took me in and said, hey man, God's got some things for you, but he wants to call you up. I'm a pastor on staff. This is a oil-filled dude, all right? And we like to do this hierarchy thing in the church where the pastors float up here, hearing God's voice and all the plebeians down here can come and listen to us, right? This is just a godly man who's lived life sat me down over barbecue because that's God's food and said, hey, I think there's some things that the Lord has for you. I want to call you up into. I heard the voice of the Lord that day. It just came through a trusted godly man I'm so grateful for. Call me up and to the man that God was calling me to be. I'm so grateful for godly leaders who want to share God's heart with us. You know how Godly leaders can share God's heart? They just dive into the word of God. They know the scripture. They've been shaped by the word of God and they get to share it with each other. And I pray that we get to be that kind of community where we can share the heart of God with each other because we're so rooted in the truth of God's word. God gets to speak through his creation We won't have time to go into all of it, but if you haven't read Psalm 19, it's a beautiful one. Let it be your next devotional time. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. God's revealing himself through his creation, showing his magnificence. How many of you have ever stood on the beach and just like had a shiver go down your spine before at the sound of the ocean? And all the beach people are like, yes, Lord. Okay, mountain, mountain people, okay? How many of you have been in the mountains? And just shuddered for a moment at the grandeur of God. He's speaking about who he is if we'll just take these moments and let him come over us and assure us and care for us it's a beautiful text in Psalm 19. I want to encourage you to read it. It's one of the best. Uh, it's not the only, but one of the best. Now, here's where I'm going to get weird, or it's going to feel weird. If you grew up in, um, depending on which denomination you grew up in, it might get a little wonky here. So just stay with me. The Lord often speaks to us through impressions or thoughts. <laughs> impressions or thoughts. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, one, let's just be practical and be real. Uh, How many of you have moved to this area in the last, let's say, three years? Raise your hand. Three years you've moved to the area. That's everybody, basically, okay? Nobody's from here. We're all moved here. Now, how many of you would say, we felt like the Lord led us to move here or be here? Raise your hand real high. Love it. Almost all of you that moved here in the last three years, you felt you had a leading, a sense that God was bringing you to Franklin because this is God's country. Amen. (laughs) All right. Now, most of us are comfortable with the idea of the leading of the Lord on these big major decisions. Should we have another kid, you know, or should we move to this area or should I marry that person or whatever? Right. Big decisions. I think most of us, are going to, I feel led toward that. Here's what the record from Scripture will say is that God is speaking. I believe 100 percent, by the way, all of you that raised your hand. I love it. You're like, some of you are like, how many of you moved in the last three years? You're like, huh. how many of you feel led? Man, we knew it. We knew it. Listen, could it be that God is not just speaking about the monumental things in your life, but he cares about the moment in the grocery store too? Let me say that again. Is it possible that the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life is bigger than just those four or five defining moments of your lives. That it's grander, that it's greater, that God's voice is more powerful, more prevalent than just those moments, but can come into the everyday minutia of our lives and be speaking right then and there. The answer is yes, because we get to see it all the time. In Acts chapter uh, 15, the Disciples are going like, "Hey, the scripture, the word of God, the the the, the following of Jesus is going all out of the gen, all to the Gentile world. The whole world's being turned upside down. It's no longer just being tucked away in Jerusalem. It's going everywhere, and we're going into all of these cultures and." How Jewish are we supposed to ask people to be? They're asking that question like, are we asking them how much are we gonna require them to look like Jewish people? Are we gonna, or does the gospel go? And so they're asking this question. You know what it says? It says they spent time, they came together, they prayed and it said, it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. An angel with a sword did not show up. It seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit, meaning they had an impression in their heart from the Holy Spirit to say, hey, don't give your hearts over to the things that have been sacrificed to idols, things that have been strangled, things that have been, don't give your heart over to sexual morality. This is what we're going to call you to. That's as Jewish as we're going to ask you to be. There it is. And that was the leading of the Holy Spirit. Just an impression that they came and they gathered together and they had, what, the word of the Lord, they had the scripture in front of them, they had godly leaders together, and they're making these beautiful decisions, powerful, really, really beautiful to be able to see. In Acts chapter 16, Paul in the middle of the, well, actually, let me say this. So God's speaking, so let me, just uh, sorry, I'm gonna move to the next thing. So God's speaking through impressions, all right, but then God's speaking through pictures or visions. Pictures of it. Now we're getting now your eyes are getting real big like, "Oh man, I knew it was you're one of those churches." Okay, all right. Acts chapter 2, 17. This is by the way the faithful king of the universe who's now quoting the Old Testament scripture. Acts chapter 2 verse 17. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, by the way. All flesh. Sons and daughters. This is so good. Because how how many know men and women are the two expressions of what it means to be made in the image of God? And the men and women, image bearers of God. So in the last days I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. Sons and daughters shall prophesy, which we don't even have time to get into, but there it is prophesy, and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams on every, uh, uh, even on my, I'm sorry, my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy pictures and visions are going to be imparted to the church to build up the body. It's going to give dreams. Well, i will get to dreams, actually, in just a minute. Sorry, I don't want to skip ahead. Real quick, because I have a few minutes left. Acts chapter 10, Cornelius sees a vision of an angel. that He's giving instruction. And then Peter goes and gets a picture. He actually says he goes into kind of like a trance-like state. These are things, by the way, that our Western world is not super comfortable with. And yet, here's how we see God moving. Acts chapter 16, here's what happens. Paul's awakened in the middle of the night, and he gets a vision. And there's a man in this vision, and he says, he's from Macedonia. He says, you guys need to come to Macedonia and share the gospel. This is, by the way, after they had tried to go to two other cities, and the Holy Spirit said, nope, you can't go to those cities. It's amazing. This is, if you read Acts, it's so powerful. Acts, again, Acts chapter 16, Paul gets a vision. In the middle of the night, he's awakened, gets a vision, sees a man from Macedonia, said, hey, you need to come to Macedonia, share the heart of Jesus with Macedonians. So he wakes up the next day, you know what he does? He talks to the brothers, and they go. It seems, what it says is, they concluded that they felt like God was leading them to go to Macedonia. The, the Greek word meaning they reasoned. It says they actually reasoned. They got, they got a, it wasn't an angelic visitation. He got a picture He got a vision of a guy. How strange is that, huh? Yeah, good. I've totally wigged you guys out. It's awesome. (laughs) Y'all are like, this is so not comfortable, pastor. But really, he's got a vision. Sees a guy from Macedonia saying, come on. Guess what happens? They go to Macedonia. God blows it up. Dreams. God speaks through dreams. Now we've really it's like levels of weird, we just keep going up. The Lord's speaking through dreams. He's gonna pour out at the end of the age, he's gonna pour out his spirit, and you're gonna prophesy, and you're gonna have visions, and you're gonna dream dreams. Now, is every dream from God? Definitely not. But are some? Are some? Here's my question. I want to do what the Bible says. Now, let me, let me put it this way. I want 110% loyalty to the scripture, the Bible. And the Bible is saying, I'm going to speak to my people in the end days, men and women, old and young. And I'm going to give you visions and I'm going to give you pictures and I'm going to give you dreams If you'll listen to me, I'm leading you. How do we know when a dream's from the Lord? How do we know when a picture or a vision's from the Lord? And I don't have any time left, so I'm just gonna blast through this and then you can just, we'll ask all the questions. And I would just encourage you this. If I'm saying things to you, you're going like, this is so far outside of my box. Come back in two weeks on the 19th. But I'm just going to do this. How, how do we discern? I'm just going to go very quickly through this. How do we discern if what I'm hearing is from God? Real simple criteria. Number one, does it line up with God's word? Period. Does it line up with God's word? God never speaks contrary to his word ever. He's not double-minded. We can be wishy washy God's never double-minded. He's perfect. So that's the filter. Does the scripture verify this heart? Number two, God's always leading us in loving ways, even when he's disciplining us. Anytime the Lord is speaking, he's leading us in love, toward love, even when he's got to deal with us, right? Even when he has to discipline, even when he says, hey, there's something broken and you want to fix it. He's always leading us towards love. Number three, uh, is this voice, is it leading me towards expressing love? Meaning, is it leading me to the benefit of others even before myself? Meaning, is what I'm hearing causing me to love people even better, even above myself? Or is that voice leading you into isolation? Number four, is it leading me towards dying to myself and more of Jesus' life in me? Or is that voice leading me towards selfishness? Is it leading me to dying to myself and becoming more like Jesus? Or is it is that thing leading me to just be selfish? Number five, is it causing greater humility in me, greater dependence on God? Is it what I'm hearing, is it causing me to go like, I need you? And then finally, is it causing greater love and joy and peace from God in me? Is it creating, the, if you will, the character of God in me? That's how you know. That's how we get to ask those questions. So I know I've just literally opened the can. And I'm, again, looking forward to having the conversation. If this is outside of your box, come back in two weeks and we're going to talk about it. But I'm just going to pray that God would re- release his voice over us. And we can come back and talk about it in a couple weeks. Father, you guys pray with me. Actually, if you would stand. Let's just stand. I knew I put too much in this. Let me me just say this. Why would we talk about this on a Sunday morning? Because the heart of the Father and his voice is the most important thing about you. It's the most important thing about me. That's why we're gonna talk about it, open up the scripture, and be faithful to the word of God. Father, I'm asking right now that you'd begin in fresh ways to speak to us Let your word come alive. Holy Spirit, take the scripture implant it deep in us. Open our hearts to receive. We're ready to be trained. In fact, if you're going like, Lord, I want to hear more of your voice, but I don't know. Would you just ask him, Lord, train my heart? Would you train my heart? Train me to know your voice. Train me to hear your heart. Train me with the truth of your word. All scripture, all your word is breathed out by you to bring righteousness, and to train our hearts. So train us, God, to hear you, to listen to you, to walk with you, to know you in a deeper way, and to walk in free-flowing relationship. That's what we want. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I do pray we'd leave with peace knowing you're a good father. You want to reveal your heart to us. And we're going to finish here. We have some prayer partners. We'd love to pray with you about anything going on in your world. If you're asking God to help you hear him more, we want to pray with you. We love that. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.